You're listening to Screeners and Dailies, part of the Real Change Movie Podcast. Alright guys, welcome back to Screeners and Dailies. This week we are going to be doing another hit pack, miss pack, as we take a look at Harrison Ford and Julia Roberts. Never been in a movie together though, have they? Strange, but no, never. I Love Trouble would have been perfect with him instead of Nolte. Can you imagine that? Well, I Isn't always... is the movie? Yeah, but I always... It's funny because Nick Nolte, we talked about it in the last episode of Cape Fear... I always thought Harrison Ford might have fit better in the Nick Nolte role in Cape Fear. It would have been interesting. I think it would have been a challenge for audiences to accept that. Well, Nick Nolte, I remember, was a last-minute replacement for that role. Uh, I think he actually replaced Richard Tom's, Gere. Oh, I think he said Tom Selleck. That might have been. <laughs> it's just, I, not to sound like I don't love Nick Nolte, but that's the one thing about that movie that's a little weird. It definitely feels like this wasn't for him. Mm. But he makes it work. Yeah. But it feels like somebody, like Harrison Ford in Cape Fear with Robert De Niro. Or Denzel cow. Washington. That's another one I would have loved. <laughs> Denzel Washington. Jessica Lange. <laughs> Juliette Lewis. Anyway. But uh, yeah, we're uh, we're in the studio actually. We're not doing this over the phone. That's right. Which that's is right, exciting. That's right. right. Yeah. So <clears throat> we had a great time doing Hit Pack, Miss Pack last week. That was a lot of fun with, uh, uh, with Pacino and De Niro because there's so many ways you can tackle it. This this is a this one will have some interesting twist to it because the I think Julia Roberts and Harrison Ford are ones that if you did a knee jerk reaction like oh yeah easy these, yes and no well for Harrison it is I think Julia Roberts I actually really struggle with and I think it's interesting too because all the times that we've played this game uh, whether it was in the apartment or in the car. We never really did an actress. No, not really. No, yeah. And uh -uh. and that was kind of like you know the suggestions on Twitter are great. Like, and I we're definitely. I think the Cage Connery one. Is Cage Connery. Kind of, yeah, I should say the, the suggestions that we got on Twitter. We actually did them over the phone. Just we didn't record it basically. Right. right. And so like that's we'll definitely something again, we can though. we yeah. can touch. But I thought it'd be interesting to cover an actress. Yeah. I, oh yeah, because it was funny. Uh, Amanda was saying. What if you did Amanda Seyfried? I'm like, there's no hit pack for Amanda Seyfried. I'm just kidding. I, I'm not. That's not. I, I'm. I'm not being serious. Off the top when I of my head, that. Mean Girls. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean said girls. that too. But does she like Amanda Seyfried? Not really. Okay. She's she's okay. She's okay. She's all right. It, she's like if Dakota Fanning's career had really taken off or later. I think she became Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> that's the face off we never got was Amanda Seyfried and Dakota Fanning. <laughs> But they look the same. I know. That's what seems better. <laughs> There's no I, surgery I will, required. I will become her. <laughs> well, really, you know. <laughs> was that Amanda Seyfried yes. using, I will become her, saying it that deep? <laughs> Man, one of the greatest teaser trailers ever. Because you're like, are you What serious? is this? <laughs> well, I remember seeing that in the theater, and you knew instantly, like, I can't see this. It's, it, this has got to be rated R. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just knew it. Oh, man. All right, so, you want to start off with Harrison Ford? Because you and I recently talked, like, he's one of the, he is of our generation, and I think he does fit in our generation of movie watching. Sure he does. Even though it's not his peak, really. I think his peak is a few years before, like, before, like, we're really watching movies, watching them. Like, I think he, his peak is, feels more like mid-80s. Okay. He has a smaller peak, like a lesser peak in the 90s, I think. They're still good movies. Well, I think, uh, I definitely think it's in our, our, our generation because... 
some of my earliest memories of going to the movie theater are going to see his movies. And for a time, and it was a good stretch, he was the biggest movie star on the planet. And, and I, my, my point was going to get to, I think he's one of our best. One of the best movie stars. And like I, said, I, I feel like I use the word more than I should, and I wish I didn't, but it has to be said. He is underrated as an actor. As an actor. Because I think a lot of people like to rope him into... Oh, he just basically does like one thing, and I find I don't I don't see that. Force Awakens changed a lot for me in terms of how it I. It made me reevaluate his career. It really did. Like I was not high on it. I not I was not super high on Harrison Ford as a whole overall. I liked some movies. Oh, really? Obviously, it no. Oh, like, he's I, top ten. Because for me. when I saw like even even Kingdom or Crystal Skull, I was like. Doesn't look super enthused to be in this, but he's going through it nevertheless. It was Force Awakens where I was like, he's he's doing some hard work. Mm -hmm. It looks like it at least. Maybe not. Maybe he's doing hard work and everything, but we'll get into him. He's a lot more energetic at 70 than Bruce Willis is at 60. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have not seen um, Blade Runner, but he's good in that too. He. Oh, yeah. Overall, oh, he's, yeah. he's great. Um, he, just unfortunate that... It, takes an hour and a half for him to show up. Right. How you doing? Uh, if you're going to make a sequel to an older movie and have the original guy be in it, put him in it. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. All right, so let's kick this off. You want to do Harrison? Yes. Okay. Let's let's start off with your hit pack. What's your hit pack for... Well, I have to make a couple concessions. Do you want to start with hit pack? Do you want to... I prefer start <laughs> with hit pack. I prefer hit, uh, to start with hit pack. Okay, cool. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we'll switch it for Julia. Yeah, maybe we'll do it for her. Um, you said something to me off air, and it actually made me completely reevaluate the hit pack. Because this is what if you saw this, if you saw this in a store, would you buy it? And my honest to God hit pack with no reservations or anything for Harrison Ford, you would never see in a store. Because they don't put Star Wars and Indiana Jones in separate movie packs. That's never going to happen. Right. Yeah, and I will, I will say, be that as it may, if I had. So my list doesn't have Star Wars or Indiana Jones in it. So I'll say that if it did, though, it would definitely have one of each. Yeah. I'd probably put Last Crusade in there. I think uh, Not that I think it's a better movie than Raiders, because those are the two best for me. But I think it's like Aliens, where I get more of an emotional resonance from Last Crusade. Definitely. You know, but he yeah. seems like more of a real person in that movie. Right. And it's because he is grounded in a relationship with his father. Yeah. And and it shows a different side to him. I think there's more to get from that. And Star Wars, uh, as much as I want to say Force Awakens, honestly, because I think that's his best performance as Han Solo, I'd probably, I'd probably go with Empire. Real quick, too, so in case you are new to this, anyone who's listening to this, when we do Hit Pack, Miss Pack, we're taking, we're going to, Basically building, if you went to the store and you saw a four-pack DVD of an actor, the hit pack would be like, yeah, these are the best. Mm -hmm. These are the ones you would buy. The miss pack is a, a little bit more fun because it's like, oh, well, I don't think I'd buy this. Well, a great example, and I forgot to say this on the last episode because I have this pack and I'm reluctant to give it away because it's so freaking mediocre, is the Bruce Willis three-pack that I have, which is 12 Monkeys... Mercury Rising, and The Jackal. It's... Uh, see, I didn't even it's buy not, a new... That's I not bought, good. It's not good. Even 12 Monkeys, which I used to like, I don't like it so much anymore. So it's like, well, what does that leave me with? But that's like an example of the mispack. Yeah. 
Mercury Rise. Yeah, and it was a three pack too. They couldn't put like Hudson Hawk in there. At least, at least that would have made me excited a little bit because I like Hudson Hawk. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But so, uh, Star Wars Indiana Jones aside, what does that leave Harrison Ford with? And it's an interesting career because it's hard to think of him without those two franchises. But I think you can build up enough to to have a solid pack of movies that uh, that you'd pick up for ten or fifteen bucks easily. Um, so right off the bat. I'll jump into his other franchise uh, that, that's a little more unsung nowadays, um, the Jack Ryan series. I used to love watching these movies as a kid, but my opinions on the two Jack Ryan movies that he did about has actually flipped. Uh, if I had to pick one of those movies, I'd pick um, Clear and Present Danger. I think that is a better movie than... I think it is, too. That's one I would... Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Like, it's a lower rating. It goes from R to PG-13. But it's a better movie. Yeah. And that would definitely be in the hit pack. I think that movie's aged well based on what, what's going on today. It has aged well. And yeah. I think that's what it is. Especially I think that it, ending? The end, oh, oh. It's like, is America, like Americana right now? As you get like, he's going to go in there and tell, tell the truth. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. President, I don't dance. I remember <laughs> that was the line. And uh, I love clearing present danger. So definitely that. And speaking of presidents, my, ne my next movie in the hit pack would definitely be Air Force One. Um, we talked about this off air. I truly believe that that movie is the last movie that he did as a major A-list movie star, I, and and that was good, you know, before he dropped off. Air Force One was like peak Harrison Ford movie star. He is the president of the United States, yeah. and he's fighting terrorists. I mean, it's it's a diehard clone, but it's one of the better gonna, ones. This is what I was going to ask you. Then you have to pick the bet, like you have to rank the the top three. Of the diehard clones, and oh, I'm that's saying, a good and one. And here are the three: you have Under Siege, you have Speed, and you have Air Force One. Which like which one wins? Speed. Speed wins. Speed is the best diehard ripoff that there is. Is Air Force One close? Yeah, uh, one that I think is underrated uh, that nobody usually has in the diehard clone conversation is Sudden Death with Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I love that movie. I really do. I think it's better than Under Siege. Think so? I do because I think Powers Booth is a phenomenal bad. There's guy. a lot going on, is what it, like that game that because well, having the, the that bombs. game going on while I this, think that helps. Yeah, because it's it's the end of the periods. Yeah. So like as opposed to some of those other diehard clones, Sudden Death actually puts a time limit on in the movie. You know, like that things have to be done in sequences, and I think that and I love that trope in movies. Like a movie like Nick of Time, yeah. which we've talked about, and you add that to a diehard movie, and plus it's it's a hockey game. Like that was so cool for that because the majority of people in the building aren't even aware of what's going on. And I, I, the more I watch that movie, I, I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah. But the best Die Hard clone of all is Speed, like far and away. I actually say sometimes Speed rivals Die Hard. I, I mean, I love that movie to pieces. But Air Force One is solid. Yeah. It's just a solid movie. You can definitely. It has a real '90s feel. Um, and like I said, Harrison Ford, being the ultimate movie star, he's going to play the president, and he's fighting terrorists, and, and it's going to be pro-Americana. It's a oh, lot yeah. of fun. Very good movie. After that, the one movie that he was where he was nominated for Best Actor, uh, Witness. I, I've always liked Witness. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a different Harrison Ford performance. Um, he's a lot more somber in the movie. He's not as, as much take action. Because it's, it's, it's like two movies. It's a fish out of water movie, kinda. Yeah. But that's where he got nominated for. 
Um, and he does he does great work, and, the, and it's got a great cast with it too, and a solid story, really. Yeah. And finally, uh, final movie, and this is far and away my. F it's not even it's not Star Wars, it's not Indiana Jones. My favorite Harrison Ford movie of all time, The Fugitive, uh, where they, they they took the TV show from the '60s, which was already great, and in my opinion, made it even better. And it's really the cat and it's it's my probably my favorite cat and mouse game between him and Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones was never better. Once again, it's from the director of Under Siege. It's the ultimate chase movie, and Harrison Ford probably has the finest bit of acting that he ever did in his career in that movie with the interrogation. That scene. is the best. That is the best of his acting. It's his career, so, man. It's so good in in a. I don't want to use the word subtle, but. This is when I think of how great the acting is in *The Fugitive*. I think about Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones's eyes. Their eyes do a lot of the acting. Like I love, I love the way it's edited. Like Tommy Lee Jones getting the information ab about the case about about Richard Kimball, and while the other guy is telling him the information, the camera is on Tommy Lee Jones, and we get to watch him listen to it, and you get to see where he's like, "Nah, that doesn't sound right." And, and you can see him kind of figuring it out, but Harrison Ford's interrogation scene, where he slowly begins to figure out that the that it is an interrogation, that he's not, you know, telling his side of the story. He's actually halfway through that scene defending himself. You know, do you honestly believe I killed my wife? And and he can't even answer the question at one point, and he starts shaking. It's that, it's it's great because like you're an audience member so you, you come in with baggage for every movie you see when you see an actor like I can't it's so it's near impossible to see an actor in a movie and not think about their previous work so with Harrison Ford it's impossible like it's Indiana Jones right. it's Han Solo the beard helps and and he acts afraid he acts scared he acts like like uh, 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 he acts not like Harrison Ford right which makes it so good you take action you take that interrogation scene and you compare it to the one from uh, Crystal Skull now it's completely different yeah the way that he plays those two uh, scenes and I think it's a real travesty and with the Oscars the you know this will come out later but the Oscars are actually airing tonight I think Harrison Ford not being nominated for the fugitive is is one of the great misjustices uh, in Academy Awards history, because he was nominated for the Globe, so was Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones got nominated for The Fugitive as for an Oscar. He won. This movie was up for six or seven Oscars, most of the big ones, and Harrison Ford wasn't one of them. And he is the movie. As, much, as great as Tommy Lee Jones is, Tommy Lee Jones is only so great because Harrison Ford is so right. vulnerable. Like, it, I don't think that Tommy Lee Jones' Oscar win has aged well. Uh, because it's the same performance in most Tommy Lee Jones movies. Not f only after, and and that's that's it, it's a lot of ways like the Pacino one for Sin of a Woman. Okay, like I'm sorry if there's one Oscar to give for acting in that movie, it's not the Tommy Lee Jones. It's not even close. It's no, not even close. But it shouldn't be undersold uh, how great that movie is as a whole. Like the yeah. cast from top oh to yeah, bottom. yeah yeah Joe Pantoliano uh, for. I, Julianne Moore is in it, and unfortunately her scenes were cut for the most part, yeah. but she's in it. And basically, and you can see it like to a lesser extent with U.S. Marshals. The reason I think that that movie's even made is, and this wasn't from the TV show, that's what's so cool, is that the team of guys that are after Harrison Ford, it's not just you know Deputy Gerard, it's Gerard and his team. 
and that wasn't the TV show. It was just Gerard. No. But it's the team that that, that makes it so interesting, and their the dialogue that they have with each other. It's good. Is so good, and uh, th- like I, I rewatched it a couple weeks ago actually, and the scene where they go to get the other prisoner, oh. and Tommy and Tommy Lee Jones kills uh, the guy. It's not even really needed in the movie, but it tells you everything you need to know about him, and that's and that's why it needs to stay. I uh, I love that movie, and there's no way you could do even with Star Wars and Indiana Jones included, the Fugitive would be in there too. All right, so I. So yeah, so the Fugitive. Yeah, Fugitive. Air Force One, Clear and Present Danger, and Witness. Okay, my hit pack is actually the exact same. So the challenge. Uh, <laughs> no way. It's the exact same. Yeah, I I, I had the exact same because I even had Clear and Present Danger over Patriot Games. So let's do this. If you have to put in, um, because I. All right. So, which Star Wars one would you say you put in? If you, if we're gonna play that game of all right, you can put in a Star Wars or an Indiana Jones. I would put in Empire. You put in Empire. What? All right. And then what Indiana Jones one? Last Crusade. Last Crusade. So what comes out to put both of those two in? Oh wow. Clear and present danger. That's easy. That's yeah. That one's got. And and witness. You take witness out. I would take witness out. Yeah. You have to have fugitive and Air Force One. I, I, I think, I think, I think even Air Force I, One, with with with, uh, well maybe not. I love Raiders. I, it's that's hard, but yeah. For now, take out Clear and Present Danger, Witness, put in Empire and Last Crusade. I I've definitely taken out Clear and Present Danger. I mean, unfortunately, it just, it just when you, when you add in those Titans, I'm sorry, like you, you're out. Um, I need Witness in there. I oh, need yeah? it in there. I would take out Air Force One. I put in Force Awakens and Last Crusade because now I've got the I've got the spectrum of his career. See, yeah, I've that, got that 80s four. And what's crazy is we didn't mention Blade Runner at all, and that is look, look at my notes. I actually wrote Blade Runner last because because I was like, oh, I forgot about Blade Runner. Like, but it, let's talk about Blade Runner. Yeah, you because know, well, that would be on tons of people's yeah, lists. Yeah, definitely for Hit Pack. Um, I've seen Blade Runner three times now, the original. Uh, theatrical cut, directors, and final, and I could maybe tell you maybe two differences between them. Um, yeah. I think Harrison Ford, with the exception of maybe one or two scenes, is so boring uh-huh. in in that movie. And and not that the movie's boring. I mean, the movie definitely has dry spots for sure. Oh yeah. But he, I mean, I remember. I'll never forget this. It's, and I hate this. He's he's the hero of the movie, and he's introduced, just sitting down eating Chinese food, not wanting to be bothered, and. And this is kind of what it's going to be. It's just like, all right. And he just sounds very monotonous, very bored. Yeah. Um, I like the movie, but I just, I don't think Harrison, I think he gives better performances. I don't want to say he's not good in it, but I honestly, like, this is very telling. The best scene in the movie doesn't even have him in it, and it's the opening with Brian James. That's the best scene in the whole movie for me. And Harrison's not even there. It's tough not having it in there because I guarantee you, if you have a Star Wars and Indiana Jones and a Blade Runner in there, that DVD is going like hotcakes. An Ender's Game. If you're going to go sci- oh, sci- Jesus. sci-fi. <laughs> no, sorry. That's disappointing. I'm just no, no. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, but I hear you. I'm putting it, so yeah. Because I, I definitely think like the... If I have to rank the best acting in all the Star Wars movies, Vader out of Empire is number one. Vader and Empire... It's in, his movie. He is so good. Like, it just... Decision-making, just... 
every every decision he makes in in that movie is very deliberate. It builds on what you saw in uh, in A New Hope. I don't think anyone's even anyone close. But the next one is is Harrison Ford, Han Solo, and Force Awakens. He's I, I so love good him in that. that. Movie. And and you know what number three is, is is him in Empire. I think his two he has the the probably the two best acting performances, uh, with the exception of Vader. Mm-hmm. And and in any of the Star Wars movies, I like that you put Force Awakens. Um, I mean, we've we've made no bones about it before. We love that movie. We love Last Jedi. Yeah. And Harrison Ford in Force Awakens. It w- it was it's it's weird because when I look, I always try to compare it to other other things, um, especially if the actor has aged. Uh, John McClane in the in the final two Die Hard movies doesn't feel like John McClane to me. It feels like something's not right. Something's missing, especially in the fifth movie. This feels like Han Solo at 65 or 70. Yeah. This still feels like the same character, but he feels older. So, like, that's one of the great joys, actually, for me, for watching the Rocky movies, is we, we've literally watched him age from 30 on uh, ever since the first Rocky, yeah. and it all feels real. Like, that's what's so special about that. And to see Harrison Ford come back and do Force Awakens, uh, we never thought we'd see that ever again was a real treat so yeah i i could i could totally see why you'd put force awakens in there um so yeah i it's it i i think the good challenge though is not is trying to avoid putting them in there putting in like the 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 big ones like indiana jones or star wars in there it's because it shows you that like he was he was his he had a career beyond those even though like those are titanic level sagas and uh franchise to be a part of and that's why, like, it's just, it's incredible to see, like, where where it goes, like, with another Indiana Jones. Like, mm-hmm. where, where, like, because I'd love to see him bring that level of Force Awakens performance back to Indiana Jones. I think Jones. he would. Yeah. I think, because Harrison Ford, it, it, it's clear to me, I still think he cares. And I think it's, it's, it's no mistake that when Bruce Willis couldn't do Expendables 3, they replaced him with Harrison Ford. That is, like, all right, if he was in that movie more... That may have a chance to make it. It may oh, if really? he's in it longer. Because he looks he, like he's having a blast. Yes, he just because if they ever did that offshoot movie, they never talked about it. But in my mind, it's the offshoot movie I want to see is Harrison Ford, Schwarzenegger, and Jet Li as a crew going out and taking care of business around the world. I remember Can you imagine how, that? Well, I remember how wild it was just to see Harrison Ford in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger because it was like. These are like to me like the two biggest movie stars of my childhood. Yeah. And but I never would have thought they'd be in a movie together. Never. Never. Not, even more so than Schwarzenegger and Stallone, you know. No. So, yeah, it's it's a the only reason I wouldn't put Star Wars or any indie in there is because you just never see it. Right. You know. Right. But yeah, it's it's hard to discount those movies. All right, let's do the fun part. Let's mispack this. Want me to, want me yeah, to start? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Oh man, uh, the one joke. I'll start with this. The one joke from Fanboys, a movie I don't like at all, but the one joke that I did like <laughs> was when they're, you know, because the whole movie is they're going to see or steal a print of Phantom Menace, and they go, oh, you know, there's a new Harrison Ford movie coming out. And, oh, oh, I can't wait to see it. You know, Harrison Ford's never made a bad movie. And they drive by a billboard for my first choice. Uh, Six Days, Seven Nights. This was a movie, I believe it came out in 1999, uh, with him and Anne Heche and David Schwimmer. Uh, I still remember this. I haven't seen the movie since the theater, but this movie left quite a mark on me. Because it was the first time 
that uh, I, I had ever gone to the theater to see a Harrison Ford movie and, mm-hmm. and just not been happy. Yeah. And and I it was I remember it being too cutesy. Like I remember the trailer, the the snake that gets in her pants thing, and and it was weird and it, it came out at a weird time because that's when her lesbianism came out and it was like oh Harrison Ford with a lesbian. It, it just it was like a taboo. They thing. also have no chemistry. They oh absolutely not. She doesn't have chemistry with even David Schwimmer in the movie. I don't think she has chemistry with the plane. Like <laughs> and. It could have been a really good movie, I think, if you had the right female to go with Harrison Ford with on that. Yeah, there's like a, maybe this a movie Julia Roberts. A lot, this movie. Like, like wow. the, I think Harrison that Ford, changes. Julia Roberts. Like, whoa. And hey, she was still like. You got to get rid of Schwimmer at that point, because there's no way I'd buy that Schwimmer's with oh, Julia Roberts. Oh, hell no. 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 That movie. Gwyneth is one thing, pal, but come on, let's not get crazy here. And if, you, if this is the first time you're listening to Hit Pack, Miss Pack, I, I try to. I try to make it like this. Uh, these aren't necessarily the four worst movies that I think the actor's done. I think they're four either bad or mediocre movies, and yet, but it has to entice you to buy it. Exactly. There has to be one movie that you've always been on the fence about. Like, that movie's pretty good, but there's a couple of things. It, there's always got to be one that, that makes you be kind of reticent to buy it but also at the same time well I mean that movie can be watched and for me that movie is What Lies Beneath yeah so a lot of people like that movie of course they do they do so Robert Zemeckis it was uh, I believe he did this before Castaway and uh, it's Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford yeah he did it was 2000 right yeah I think so because Castaway is like 2001 or 2 Castaway is 2000 because it's. Oh, okay. I think it, so. Yeah, I I think there's a shot that came out after. It might. You know what it did? It came out. No. Well, maybe. It came out in November. I'll go to the video tape. You yeah, go ahead. But yeah, so I'll talk about this for a second. Um, so what lies beneath had an amazing trailer, like uh, something that was truly scary, and it was like Michelle Pfeiffer was being haunted by something in her house, which doesn't sound too terribly interesting but the way that the trailer was edited and you know the, the little bits of the story that they were giving out really sounded interesting and the fact that it was Robert Zemeckis the movie had a killer poster uh, with a bathtub and her hand hanging over it and it's like oh, what, what? they're both 2000 movies he had two movies in 2000 he had Castaway and What Lies Beneath okay Zemeckis I'm sorry. oh sure 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 uh, the, although the one thing about the poster that I thought was um, a little disconcerting even at, at the age of 13 or 14, was that Michelle Pfeiffer had top billing over Harrison Ford. Not to put Michelle Pfeiffer down, I'm a huge fan, but who gets top billing over Harrison Ford? This is still not long after Air Force One, where he killed. Right? I mean, that movie killed. Like, you know, Six Days, Seven Nights was quite disappointing, but his star hadn't faded. No. And it was like, why would he be number two? And then it went and saw the movie, and I've seen it a few times. Um, for the, like the first hour, hour and a half, it's a it's a pretty pretty damn good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good, but you begin to see as the movie goes where the ending could possibly be heading, and it's and it's an ending that I wasn't ready for. It's an ending that I called an hour into the movie and thought, I don't know if I like this movie if that's what it is, and I I I, I won't give it away, but. It's something that even to this day, I still just cannot accept yeah. uh, as a moviegoer. It's really not a knock on the film. But also on top of that, it, it is a twist. But on top of that, the movie has a very formulaic Hollywood ending uh, in terms of how the climax goes. 
and it's it just kind of left a, a sour taste in my mouth. But the movie is by no means bad. It's just merely okay. So, and that's the best movie that's going to be in the pack. That's the one that's going to entice you to get it. I'll just say it. Oh, go ahead. You know, one for I just I was just because I was I wanted to have his I want to have the chronology up just in case we had a question. You know, one movie that sneaky good sneak might I, I, you could have an argument for being this hit back is regarding Henry it's another amazing performance JJ yeah it's a great performance mm -hmm. I was just something I always wanted to mention real quick because I just saw I was like damn I forgot about for regarding Henry you can oh for a hit yeah in yeah. the hit because oh yeah it's not a miss not by any oh no 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 no, 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 no not even mediocre no 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 but uh so where you, you have six eight seven nights you have what lies beneath firewall get out of my bank get out of my bank <laughs> so yeah uh, how do I even talk about so the trailer for this movie makes it look like this is a return to form because mm -hmm. uh, Harrison Ford had a few movies uh, in between because this is five years after What Lies Beneath and he really didn't do anything good in those five years and this movie looked more like the old Harrison Ford movies that I used to like but there's a problem he has a really stupid haircut and he's eight years older than he was when um, I loved him in Air Force One. But the movie still looked promising. Yeah. You know, manager of a bank, oh, you're gonna have to get the money out for me, cool. Um, uh, I've seen it once, it's, it's not good. It's not good at all. Um, he, it takes Harrison a while to get pushed. He has, an, he has an awesome line in the movie about, oh, what are we gonna go do? And oh, Find my dog. That's the one line that always stuck with me because the dog has a GPS attacher thing. Find my dog. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Clinton's. <sighs> that's wrong. It's it's not good, but I'll but I will say this: as as much as I don't like Firewall, it is not the worst movie in this pack. Uh, I have to put what I think is the worst movie in Harrison Ford's uh, filmography that I've seen. You know, because there's like the late 2000 and early 2010s movies that I, I missed on like Extraordinary Measures or Paranoia, stuff like that. Uh, but there's no way it could be worse than Hollywood Homicide. Yeah. There's just that's, no way. That's bad. Uh, I, was, I was in college. This movie was in the, our, our college library. I rented it. I was like, yeah, I, I missed out on this. I like buddy movies. Uh, I think this is the reason I still hate Josh Hartnett, is this movie. You didn't see him much after this either. <laughs> no, you didn't. He, he's in the uh, the pre the the prologue for Sin City, I remember. But yeah, that's pretty. This is pretty much it uh, for his A-list status. And Harrison Ford is terrible in this movie. Um, we used we used to always do the the one bit from the trailer, you know. Yeah, Write this down. Double cheeseburger. I mean, it's such a calculated joke and feels so phony. Um, the movie had somewhat of an interesting premise uh, to piggyback off of. Our last episode of Hit Pack Miss Pack, it's like a, a different kind of version of Showtime. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because Josh Hartnett is an actor, and he's re I think he's researching a part. Uh, Harrison Ford's a real cop. Isaiah Washington's being a prick. It's the hard way is what it is. It's a remake okay. of the hard way. Oh, Even more You're so. right. You're right, because, all right, so Josh Hartnett is a stage actor. Michael J. Fox is a film actor. The difference is the hard way is a great movie. Yeah, yeah. The hard way is... Awesome! It's so good, and a very and not. It's not even underrated. It's it's mostly forgotten, unfortunately. Hollywood Homicide is forgotten, and it should stay that way. Because it also feels like a movie that 
it feels like it's planting the seeds for a potential franchise in a way. Yeah. Thank God it didn't take off because buddy movies kind of had a little resurgence there in the early two thousands. Yeah. And and this one was just another casualty of the war. Uh, terrible. So there's a movie I missed. <laughs> uh, I'll, maybe you have it in your your miss pack. Okay. Uh, but honestly, if I put that movie in, it would probably be too terrible of a pack. So yeah. that's my mispack. Hollywood Homicide, Six Days, Seven Nights, Firewall, and What Lies Beneath. I hate to say it, but Harrison Ford has made quite a few mediocre to bad movies. And because after The Fugitive, in between The Fugitive and Air Force One, I mean, there's some clunkers. Sure. And I'm going to... I'm gonna. Um, one that like, I have to mention, like the one that we have in common, is going to be Six Days, Seven Nights. Easily. That's where it started. I, I mean, the only thing I ever like, the only thing I've ever liked in that movie is where she's talking about like, like just reattaching the wings. Like, sure, I'll just glue it back on. I'll glue it back on. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> he says it like Eastwood. Yeah. It's it's such a good delivery, but oh man, that movie needs so much work. First, you have to recast the lead actress to someone that has like a hair more chemistry. <laughs> Which is any chemistry. It, it should have been a female that was just as big of a movie star as Harrison Ford. Number two, um, fix or recast that B-plot with David Schwimmer. Don't care. Trying to get on the island? All. Is that yeah. what he was doing? I guess. I, I, you're I, right. It's, kind of, it's, it's forgettable, and anytime it, it, You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't, because you've got just, just the worst chemistry between... Uh, two actors that are supposed to be stranded are supposed to care about them getting out of there and then you have Schwimmer and of course like the other thing too is like it's Harrison Ford and David Schwimmer caught in this if you want to call it a love triangle I guess. well that's that's the other part of the movie that's impossible to believe Ross is against that, Indiana Jones right it's like, <laughs> have a good look it's between David Schwimmer and Harrison Ford I don't know who to choose I'm like, are you what <laughs> I mean there's like a 40 year age difference but I think the choice is still clear <laughs> I'm going to reference two of his from the 90s because you would have thought, like, it's a very well-respected director, an Academy Award-winning director, but I've never been super crazy about his movies past the 70s of Sidney Pollock. And Harrison Ford did, um, well, yeah, yeah, he did two of them with him, almost back-to-back. The Devil's Own is bad. There, You can't, like, I, I don't know if Harrison Ford is the guy you pair up a young, upcoming actor with. It just doesn't seem to work. I don't think it's ever worked. The, but I will say, it sounds like, because I haven't seen it, that Gosling and him play off pretty well together. Oh. Well, I don't know if I would classify that that one. Because, I'm not saying it's a buddy movie, but like... Oh, no, no, no. But it's they, simply because Harrison Ford's barely in the movie. Okay, all right. But like, well, Gosling's great in Blade yeah. Runner, I think. But like you look at Hollywood Homicide, and a big problem is it just doesn't look like, like they like being around each other. Um, right. Even just as actors, like they, ju it just doesn't seem like there's a mesh there. The Devil's Own. Well, if you need another example, um, you know, I make no no bones about it. I am a fan of Crystal Skull. Yeah, I do like, it, but I I will. Oh, not, him I, and Shia. I terrible. will not make excuses for him and Shia. Shia is awful uh, in that movie. He, well, maybe not awful, but he's not good. No, no. Uh, and their chemistry is even worse. Yeah. Devil's Zone was like it felt like it looks like on paper like it's like okay Brad Pitt's gonna be like I believe he's like a what a, Irish he's bomber a, he's like Sean Bean in uh, yeah. Patriot Games and Harrison Ford's like just he's a cop who's got a family and then Brad Pitt kind of get brought in I'm trying mm -hmm. to remember they take him in it's been a while but I remember like I saw this sort of like I well after the fact rented it from the library excited for it 
but ultimately it's a big clunky boring movie that's and what's funny is like this is actually not one of the Sidney Pollock movies that's what's funny so I'll, I'll get to Sidney Pollock in a second but who did Devil's Own with the Pacula? Uh, I will look but while I um, while I pull it up here the director uh, Pacula yeah, yeah. Pacula I get the mixed up, too. I want to say Bacula. It's not Scott Bacula. Scott Bacula. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. Police officer uncovers the real identity of his house guest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No thanks. It just doesn't move very well. It, it's slow. It, the, it has almost the same plot as Arlington Road. Yeah. Yeah. Don't trust your neighbor. You know, right. That, that, that was actually kind of a thing in the late 90s, for whatever reason, <laughs> was the... You know the people from hell. People movie. from hell movies are coming back. Yeah, it's a yeah a different t take on the people from hell movie. So this I have two the so I've got um, the Devil's Own. I've got Six Days Seven Nights. I can't pick both these because I do need to. I, I'm gonna, I'm saving the one. I have to pick one of them. All right, I'm gonna pick Sabrina. I had that as a contender. Yeah. It's either that or Random Hearts, because they're both pretty bad. Sabrina is probably, though, like it, more rewatchable than Random Hearts because it is a remake. It's a pretty like standard story. Like there's another movie where I have a hard time believing. It's like so. Let me get this straight. You think Harrison Ford is the boring brother compared to Greg Kinnear? <laughs> it's like in the original, it's Humphrey Bogart who's old as dirt, and William Holden who's like young, handsome, like. Like I, I could believe Audrey Hepburn being drawn to William Holden, and God, that, that Bogart guy is just kind of a bore who mm -hmm. slowly starts to un, like, you know, come apart and become a bit more of a, an outgoing fella. But it's first of all, like it's it's a, it was a bad movie to remake. Like I just yeah. didn't, didn't re wasn't really excited about the whole premise of it to begin with. But I just don't buy. Like I, I just didn't want to see Harrison Ford in that type of performance because I didn't buy it. I don't buy him being this boring dude. Not at this point. Maybe in the 2000s when, you know, he's kind of take. it seems like he's taking the decade off. Right. But you're right, though. Uh, Sabrina's 95. Yeah. And that's right in between Fugitive and Air Force One. Yeah. It's him. I, uncertain Ground is where Harrison Ford seemed to be on in the 90s, in between those movies and just outside of them, too. Mm -hmm. So I have that. I think it's not in my pack, but you could, you could easily put Random Hearts in there, which... The premise sounds interesting, but it does get to a it point is an where it's interesting like, premise. but mm -hmm. it feels like it's not a complete movie. Like, oh, our spouses were on a, they, they crashed on a plane, right? And it turns out they were having an affair with each other, right? But what's the rest of the movie? Yep. Like I can't remember it, but like I remember like being like, oh, so does that mean we have to hook up? Like right. that's what it seems like. And it just, just very contrived. Yeah. Like how do we? talk to each other <laughs> yeah, so what do we do here so yeah that so the uh, the other one i'm going to put in there is k19 that was the one yeah. that I, I wrestled with that felt like okay you're we're gonna do a red october ish type of thing because it's like the russians but he's not a bad one he's not really a bad guy liam neeson's in it too which is wild yeah. you would think this again and don't think they have terrible chemistry in the movie the movie's just bad you remember First, the poster yeah <laughs> Harrison Ford almost looks like he's he's coming out of the poster. <laughs> Get me out of this movie. What was your line? Because uh, you used to always make v fun. Will not fail. <laughs> v will not fail. <laughs> the accent is hard. It's like 
this is like Captain Crowley's mandolin for Nicolas Cage. Oh man, bad! Yeah. Like when you hear it's it, you're like, bad. "Oh, we're gonna do this. We're sticking with this." Oh, oh, this is the choice. Yeah, it's not it's... like Robin and Prince of Thieves where we did it for five minutes and went, "Yeah, this ain't working." Let's <laughs> <laughs> just right. do straight American. Yeah, it's all right. We'll get rid of it. It's all right. I, so, I yeah, I, Six Days Seven Nights, uh, Devil's Own, Sabrina, and K Nineteen is a pretty mediocre crap pack. I have an honorable mention. Yeah, I, I forgot. Go ahead, go ahead uh, listen. So. Presumed innocent. That was one of the ones I was going to mention. Another haircut movie. That movie. Uh, that's, where, <laughs> that's where he's got the Kevin Costner bodyguard haircut. That's, that movie sucks. Here's a movie I don't know where it would go. The Mosquito Coast. It's, I. It's one of those like I'm going to go out there and try something kind of movies. Not like K19, but it's like it's a really heady, right? Like like psychological performance from Harrison Ford. Not exactly one that he's well-remembered for, but could be underrated. It's hard to say all these years later, but that's one on the outside looking in. Um, Those are pretty solid. I'm trying to think. Is there any other honorable Age, mentions? Uh, well, you didn't see it, but Age of Adeline. Yeah. That's a miss. Ender's Game 2. Not, um, I, I, I didn't know. see that one. No, but like, but that's the part that, that's hard about doing these packs sometimes is I'm sure there's worse movies. Um, or movies that are surefire misses, Extraordinary Measures, uh, paranoia. Um, th- there's uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Oh man! Which uh, we I, we did that, see that. Yeah. yeah, but I, it is a miss. But I wouldn't put it in the pack. I'm just I'm just looking real quick to see if we missed any any other ones we haven't just talked about. Uh, well, morning, for, morning Glory. I'm ambivalent towards because I haven't seen but, it right. But uh, Working Girl, that's another one. Working Girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a really good one. Yeah, I don't. But Harrison's been in so much. I mean, it's 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 hard, especially if they've been in the movie, but they're not the star of it. Like he was in the conversation, he was in uh, American in Graffiti. For two seconds. He's, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. He's in a, he's in more American Graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Less is more. Less is a lot more. We will not fail. <laughs> All right, that's Ford's a an interesting one. So. Definitely, definitely. If you've got others, we we tweet them to us for for misses or hits for Harrison Ford. Now we'll shift gears. It's Julia Roberts' time. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hits. Where do you start? Hits. Hits are a lot easier for me. I, I got it down to about six. Um, I'll just say right, you know, movies that that I'm definitely leaving off, which might be, you know, arguable to some people. Uh, I'm leaving off Aaron Brockovich. I love that movie, but it's not very rewatchable. She won the Oscar for it. Leave that one out. And I love this movie too, but I, I can't figure out a way to keep, to get it in there as conspiracy theory. Um, I got you. A movie I really like. A movie that was the trailer did not do the movie justice in terms of that the trailer promised a different movie. <laughs> but I and that's unfortunate. But the movie that it actually is, I really do like. I love her chemistry with Mel Gibson. It's really good. So let's get into it. Um, because it's hard to not go with the romantic comedies, you know. Because she was the queen. Oh yeah. She, I mean, guys would go see them. I mean, it, her romantic comedies were were for the most part in in the '90s pretty solid. So I'll start with Pretty Woman. Okay. This was the movie that she'd already done Steel Magnolias and I think even gotten nominated for it and, and Mystic Pizza, but it was Pretty Woman, I remember, that just shot her to the moon. And, like, she, like uh, you know, because there's Steel Magnolias, yeah, she already had the recognition, but Pretty Woman, it's like, you're going to be making this movie for probably the next 10 or 15 years. And I, 
her and Richard Gere are so good together in that movie, and it's it's basically Cinderella, uh, told with a more of a adult theme to it. But she is so good and sweet in that movie. Um, I have fond memories of sneaking that movie when I was a kid watching it because I I just thought she was beautiful. So definitely pretty woman. Um, oh boy, <laughs> I have to go with another romantic comedy. But this one's a little different. My Best Friend's Wedding. This is a great movie. And she is not very likable in this movie for a lot of it. And this one was different because, you know, it's got a, the story with her and her best friend. And she thinks that he's calling her so that they can um, get married because mm -hmm. of their deal. But he's actually marrying Cameron Diaz. And Cameron Diaz, who is still kind of new at that point, this was an interesting movie for Julia Roberts to do, where she's trying to take a man away from somebody. You know, and, and this isn't. People used to call Julia Roberts America's sweetheart. That's and and here she was, kind of playing someone whose morals were a little, little more flexible. Yeah. And the way the movie ends, I remember, as a kid, being very upset. It was a, it was a shock, really. Uh, the way that it goes, and I'll, I'll just I'll just say it. Uh, she you know she doesn't get Dermot Mulroney and lets Cameron Diaz have him, and she ends up dancing with her gay best friend. And it was it, it didn't feel right. It just it it bothered me. Now when I look back on it, I think it's actually the best thing they could have done yeah. uh, for that movie, and it actually redeems her character. Uh, I I absolutely love that movie. Um, so, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh boy. Another another romantic comedy I have to, because uh, it's probably my favorite one she ever did, was Notting Hill with Hugh Grant. Yeah. Probably her last good romantic comedy uh, for me. This this movie is just very... It's, it's so weird talking about this with you. But this movie is so sweet. And Hugh Grant yeah, was never is. better, I think. Maybe maybe Love Actually. But about a boy. About a boy. Well, that for acting. Yeah. But I'm talking about... Hugh Grant made romantic comedies for an extended period of time with, you know, four yeah. weddings and a funeral, nine yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. But Notting Hill, seeing them paired together, the story was actually really good. And, it, it you know, of course, it gives people like us unrealistic expectations, you know. Oh, oh the, the big-time Hollywood actress falls in love with just a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, so there was that to deal with. But that movie... It holds up. It's it's really good. And it comes from that wonderful year of 1999. Now, the last movie. This is hard. Because neither of these are romantic comedies. And there's definitely one movie that I like more than the other. But the other movie has the better Julia Roberts performance. Uh, and, sh and shows what she can do uh, in that regard. I'm, I'm going to go with the better movie on this one. For, the, for her last movie, uh, I'll go with Hook. Good choice. Oh, yeah, it's a good choice. It's solid. It's a movie that Tinker Hell. Tinker Hell. See, that's what I was going to get at. It's a movie where her diva personality really came to the forefront. Like I remember reading that on on Hook, she had someone on the set whose sole purpose, her sole only job, was to keep her feet clean. And when you hear stuff like that, it definitely makes you look at the actress differently because uh, she's barefoot the whole movie. But I, you know, and even though I have this in her hit pack. The original choice for Tinkerbell, the person she replaced, I actually wish was Tinkerbell, and that was Meg Ryan. Yeah. I think Meg Ryan, I mean, mainly I think the reason for that was she's the one who looks most like 
the cartoon version yeah, of what Tinkerbell yeah. is. Yeah. But I think Joey Roberts is incredible in this movie. I, she has this wonderful exuberance in her personality that she doesn't really have in her other movies. And she's a great counterpoint to Robin Williams. Like, you would think Robin Williams and Julia Roberts would do so well together. But they do. Like, it's a great pairing, and she's got a, such a wonderful acting moment Probably well towards the halfway point of the movie where she breaks out of her house and and, and and is big just like Robin Williams. The acting that those two do in that one scene is incredible. Yeah. I, it's heartbreaking uh, for me, and I think that's a that's a very overlooked movie. And I know people have problems with it, but it's always been a favorite of mine. So that that would be the four so pack. You got Hook. Recap them again. Hook. So well, yeah. Before I, real quick before I do it, the movie I, I chose to leave off was um, Charlie Wilson's War. Great performance by Julia Roberts, but I, that's more that's more Tom Hanks, Philip Seymour Hoffman than it is her. So the four pack for the hit pack is Notting Hill, Pretty Woman, Hook, and My Best Friend's Wedding. Okay, I have Pretty Woman in mind. I do have My Best Friend's Wedding. That was one I was so happy to put in there. I had to go in because I haven't seen it in a long Me time. Neither. I remember my mom bought it, and I was shocked because I wasn't sure how she would take that type of plot line because that was one of the, her nitpicks with Twister that she didn't like was that type of thing where what? you have oh. you have somebody who's seemingly trying to like get between people which but that's life yeah I, I think every single one of us have a story like that sure. where we are the Julia Roberts character yeah 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 totally yeah um, nevertheless though My Best Friend's Wedding is a movie that like I, that's a pretty ballsy movie to put out in the 90s for her yeah because you're right, she's a heel, but we want her. Here's what's crazy. It shows you how evil we can be. Yeah, because <laughs> the movie, if you let the audience decide, if we all, if every person gets a little button to press, everybody is voting in Julia Roberts at the end of the movie to get with Dermot Mulroney. And I love that the, whether it's the writer, the director, or even her, whoever had the wherewithal to be like, no. That can't be it because that's not right. Like it's right. not the right. And the fact that the studio let them do it. Yeah. Like, to to go with your twister thing, and this is a credit to my best friend's wedding. Usually in these situations where you're rooting for the out, outside person to 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 win, the person she's competing with or he's competing with usually has some undesirable qualities. Exactly. And it, Twister, it, there's nothing really wrong with Jamie Gertz. I love her. Right. In that movie, but she clearly doesn't fit with Bill Paxton. And, and the, the script is manipulated in a way to make you root against her. Cameron Diaz is nothing but wonderful and yeah. sweet in, in My Best Friend's Wedding. And it makes you feel bad for wanting Julia Roberts to, to win. That's a sneaky good performance from Cameron Diaz. It is. Because I don't know if she was ever that sweet again Never. in a movie. Like, even there's something about Mary, she's not that sweet. Like, right, because there's something about Mary, she's, she's got that tomboy quality. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which is great, but you're right. It's a great performance, and everyone does good in that movie. Yeah, it's a really solid Rupert movie. Rupert Everett. Yeah. Oh, he's so good in that. She owned that decade. I mean, like, god dang, every couple of years, like they weren't all winners. Clearly, no. That's why we do you this. You got a, you got a couple in there. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do have Aaron Brockovich. Okay. And the, I'm building, and I'll just go in. My my fourth one is um, Charlie Wilson's War, because the thing that I. To build a Julia Roberts hit pack, it's got to be movies where Julia Roberts is being Julia Roberts. Because 
and this is where we get into the mispacks. When she decides not to be Joy Roberts, it's it's not just mediocre, it's atrocious. It is it shows you what like what the limitations are. It's like Hulk Hogan in wrestling. Like Hulk Hogan is not gonna wrestle a submissions match. He's not <laughs> He's not going <laughs> to wrestle a match where like it's built around technical prowess. Mm-hmm. It's it's a match with I'm I'm doing the I'm doing the hand of the ear to the crowd. I'm doing a couple poses. Oh no, I'm hurt, but I'm showing you I'm I'm hulking up. Like it's built around very simple simple cotton candy things. So I I think that's interesting too cuz she was a big box office star and yeah. she pl- she did these movies that would play to her strengths. And then she would do these movies whether they were good or bad. Where, that uh, where she got to do something different, yeah. basically act, right? And those never really did all that well. But there are a few where she gives a wonderful performance that's nothing like her movie star persona. Yeah. Um, my on the outside looking in, I thought a lot about Steel Magnolias because she is critical to that movie working. Because pretty much every like the dramatic high points of the movie have to do with her. So it's hard to say that like it's it's not her movie because in a lot of ways it is. I will say when she has that seizure, that is one of the scariest looking things I've ever seen cuz I felt like she was about to like melt. The way she does like nobody's I I everybody loved to hear Julie Roberts laugh, but everyone hates to see her cry cuz it looks just Oh, it's awful. Yeah. And to see her like having that seizure in that movie is like it it's scary. Frighten me as a kid. It's right up there with the uh, old boy from Big Trouble Little China, like expanding, exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like it. That's what, that's what it reminds me of. So what's your head pack? That's all, right. all four, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Charlie Wilson's War. Because I think she's she's so critical good. in the movie, and I think it's great that that was. I'm trying to think now. That was 08? 07. 07. So that's because the final film of which, Mike Nichols. It's pretty crazy. Like she wins that Oscar for Brockovich, and it seems like she's like peace. That's I'm it. Out. Because right after that, it's uh, Oceans, the Oceans movie. I was gonna say Mona Lisa Smile. You got oh yeah yeah. Almost made my miss pack. I'm gonna say I'll just leave that. That almost made it because I was like this was a very poor rendition of Dead Poet Society. Just just judging it in a sentence, that's what it felt like they were trying, and it just didn't work. But yeah, uh, Charlie Wilson's War, where I felt like she really. Any one of those three could have won an Oscar for that movie. Everybody, yes. all, those three actors are really solid in that movie. Um, but working backwards, Charlie Wilson's War, Aaron Brockovich, um, My Best Friend's Wedding and Pretty Woman is my hit pack for her. That's good. And it's varied. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I again, like, I, I don't think you can go wrong. You've got, again, all the different stages. Yeah, about to say, you have a better hit pack than I do. Because, yeah, you have different performances. You know, you've got two romantic comedies. Yeah. But you've got her in my best friend's wedding as one of them. Right. You know, and it's not the same. That's such a sneaky, good adult movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... And I, I'm not, I can't go out... I'm not going to say it's aged well because there are a lot of things from the 90s that are said in movies that aren't necessarily, like, you, you, they don't play well nowadays. What I'm speaking of is just, like, that plot, to do that... That's... With your biggest movie star. Yeah, man. That's mm-hmm. a sneaky good pick. Um... The Miss Pack. First of all, have you ever looked? Have you looked at her filmography? Like yeah. how many movies she's got coming out? Like it's incredible. It's like like it's like she just like I don't know. She probably did the the kids thing, raised them, and is like all right. I'm gonna start doing get this back into acting. I, I, I mean, she, she just turned fifty also, and she looks incredible. Yeah, and 
it, it does feel you're right though about Aaron Brockovich. Once she did that, that's when it all kind of started to downturn. And that was really like frustrating to watch. And I still don't think she's recovered it where she's the biggest movie star. Like or biggest actress. I wonder if that's hard for her to reconcile because she was like she was the highest paid, right? Oh, twenty million. Yeah. Twenty million a film. Yeah. First actress, I think, to ever get that. And I wonder, because I've obviously I've never been at that level of success. Like to when like you you walk away, you know what I mean. And then it's like when you do a movie, you expect it to be like gangbusters, but it's like things have changed that a little happened. bit. But anyway, uh, her last movie, what was it? Wonder. That movie did a, but that's not because of her. Right. It's not because of her, but it's great to see her in a movie that's really successful. Yes. Yeah, so definitely. great. Definitely. Uh, I will preface this by saying. A lot of these movies that we're talking about, especially movies that we haven't, I haven't seen some of them, so I can't put them on the list. That's a tough... See, I tried to put like, that rule to the test. How many like, people have seen Mary Riley? That's on my list. You know what I'm... Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. But, you know, like, stuff like that, or... I'll just get them out. Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what was it? Mirror, Mirror, the Snow White movie yes. that she did. Yeah, missed that one. <laughs> Just <laughs> missed it and missed it. <laughs> but even with that said, I still have seen enough of her movies to where I'm able to put a four pack together of movies that either underwhelmed me or that I just flat out didn't like. Yeah. So I'll start with one that I just flat out didn't like. Stepmom. I think controversial pick. I think. I know Amanda loves that movie. Well, hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Oh, yeah, she won't. I didn't. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, good. Uh, Stepmom. I had, yeah, I definitely had an issue with this because what what is it? It's uh, what can I think of her name? Susan Sarandon. Su yes, Susan Sarandon. So she's trying to like impede on the family life. Oh, okay. I realize we don't even need these. What? We don't need <laughs> the ear. <laughs> we don't like. <laughs> The audio is not coming through these. We don't need to be wearing these because we're not doing a Skype call. <laughs> I just realized. I was like, You're two the, morons doing a podcast. What the hell am I... What the hell was I... What was I thinking? Anyway, so stepmom... She's... Julia Roberts is the stepmom. Yeah. And Susan Sarandon is trying to get back into her family's life, I think is how it's working. Right. And they're like, oh, why? Why are you doing this? Turns out she's dying. Right. And it just... It just didn't do anything for me. Like, I'll tell you, it's a tough Ed Harris performance. Like, yeah. it's tough to see him, like, be third wheel. Yeah. Like, bad third wheel. Like, he seems like kind of a wuss. Like, a kind of, like, like, and I don't know if it was deliberate where they try to, like, because Ed Harris is so intense and so commanding that, like, it's hard to see him play vulnerable like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it was Apollo 13 performance. Yeah. Or, like, Pollock. I'm just Give me the Oscar, please. But now that, you know, I'm looking at the list, now that I look at it, it's not the worst movie. It's but not. I, it's, but, it, but it's definitely lower rung. But if you put that in there, oh, oh stepmom's in there. I may want to buy this. See, it could be, see, that. okay, that'll be my next movie. This is a movie that I actually loved when I first saw it. And I recently rewatched it a few months ago. And now I see what the critics were talking about when they said that they didn't like it. I still think the movie's okay. It's not bad. But it's definitely the movie that would sway me to get it. And maybe give the movie another shot. 
America's Sweethearts. Yeah, okay. Good pick. I, I, when I was just running through her list just to get a brief look, I remember I was like, oh, completely forgot about it. Because it had zero marketing until it came out. Like, right. it just came out of nowhere. I remember being very attracted to see this movie uh, simply because of the cast. I thought it was a phenomenal cast. I mean, John Cusack, Billy Crystal, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Did he direct it? Billy Crystal wrote it. He okay. was going to direct it. I forgot who directed I don't know. Joe Roth. I don't know why Billy Crystal didn't direct it because this would have been, this would have been after Forget Paris, but before '61. And I, two thousand, yeah, 2000, yeah, two thousand, two thousand, actually two thousand one. And Billy Crystal, he's only directed three movies, but I love all three of them. I really do. All three of them are very good movies, and I think he could have actually directed this to be really good. But the movie. You know, when I first, like I said, when I first saw it, I thought it was great. Now, and I think it's simply because it probably hasn't aged well. Like the Hank Azaria character, how he just talks with a funny accent and everyone's making fun of him. That's weird. Honestly, we, <laughs> to, to go back to something we said earlier, it's one of the best comedic Stanley Tucci performances. He is fantastic in, in his little bits as just like a money-grubbing uh, film producer. Uh, Billy Crystal originally was going to play the lead in the movie. Thank God he didn't. That he was too been, old. Yeah. He he was too old. I think he I think he had the movie in mind back in the early in the early nineties. The the idea for the movie itself is very interesting. Like so, it's basically a married couple and they make movies together and they're great. They split up, but there's a movie that they have in the can that they have to go to promote. And one person's moved on, one person hasn't. It's that simple. Where it gets complicated is Julia Roberts. It's her character. She's Catherine Zeta Jones's sister, and. I didn't remember this from when I first you know, when I used to watch it, but I definitely saw it now. Her and John Cusack just fall in love. Like, there's no real reason for it to happen. Like, because they show flashback sequences. Because Julia Roberts used to be fat and unattractive, but now she's thin and really pretty. And Julia Roberts, and that just looks bad. That looks bad from you know just uh, uh, really any standpoint. And it's like I said, it's not bad. But there are there, there's definitely problems with it, and it drags in certain spots. Christopher Walken is freaking weird in it. Yeah, he's the director, right? He's the director. He's yeah. basically like a, a Howard Hughes yeah. type. And the movie's really all over the place, tonally. But Billy Crystal's got moments. John Cusack, it's, it's his same romantic comedy performance, which is fine. But I didn't find him that likable in the movie, though. No, because he's got a real dark side. Yeah. The movie, like I said, it has several tonal shifts. It's you know it can be really sad with some of the things Cusack's talking about, but then it can be really funny. You feel like it's it's kind of like they try to do Notting Hill in reverse with Julia Roberts, like mm -hmm. like he's will have the guy be the movie star and Julia Roberts basically be basically even though like she's a star like a movie star's sister, for all intents and purposes she's a common person. Right. And and, and all right, so now we'll just do we'll have Julia be the Hugh Grant of this movie. Right, and he falls in love with her when she loses the weight. Yeah, which and, what is that? And, and she's got an awful name in the movie too. Her name is Kiki. Just to hear it come out of anybody's mouth, and the, I could never buy that that's Kiki. That's that's Julie Roberts. Get, she's Sharon. You know, go, get, give her give her <laughs> give her a normal name, Kiki. Get that out of here. All right, so we got two left. Okay, so you've done America's Sweethearts and you've done Stepmom. Stepmom. Okay. So you're like late 2000s, or you're in 2000s territory. I like it. We're not going anywhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so excited for this movie. I was so excited. I think you're going for it. 
Runaway Bride. Oh, was that, was that a swerve? No, okay, that was a swerve. Really, this is on your miss. Yes, absolutely. This would be like this was a tertiary, big hit. tertiary hit pack for me. Like it'd be like three packs down. I, I do not like this movie. Why? All right. Okay. Good. Because I'm glad you don't. I'm glad you like. I kind of like it. I'm not no, saying no, no, I that's love fine. it, but I I'm glad like you like it. it because if you listen back to some of these episodes, it sounds like we like the same stuff and we hate the same stuff. It's not always true. Uh, Runaway Bride, I was so excited because it was the reteaming of Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. And if they could recreate the chemistry from Pretty Woman, which is what I wanted, I thought the idea for the movie was somewhat interesting, where it's about a woman who can't stay at the altar. She's been at the altar, I believe, six times, I think is what it was, and she keeps running away. And for some reason, there's always somebody filming it, and you can see her running away. Richard Gere is a, uh, he's a journalist, and he thinks it's so interesting. Yeah, because he's he's basically like he's a guy who writes like a column, usually about just like random cynical type of things in the world. He's a cynical man who's divorced, who got divorced, and his editor married his ex-wife. Oh boy, it's, that's another that's a weird B plot to it. But yeah, he he happens upon one of the the former grooms in a bar who drunkenly or not so drunkenly tells him that this is a thing and he's like oh really so he goes out and, and meets does her. the well he does the story first without talking to her which gets him into trouble mm-hmm. like libel reasons and then the editor and like the the publisher or whatever are like well you got to go you got to do a follow story and make this right you got to go out to this town in Maryland and that's why he actually goes to meet her mm-hmm. so he's so immediately they're antagonistic in the beginning because he's written a story that's kind of disparaging about her she's like threatened to sue and get him fired so i okay so to t- let's look at another pairing as a comparison purpose tom hanks and meg ryan tom hanks and meg ryan in sleepless in seattle which is their second movie together but it's the first one that matters really um they're not together until the very end of the movie the final minute they're like filming two separate movies and then it comes together you've got male did something a little different, where they're constantly in the movie together. And it's like, yeah, let's see if they actually do have chemistry, because we don't really know. And You've Got Mail is great for different reasons. Runaway Bride, I think they tried a similar thing. So Pretty Woman, they're together immediately, and it's just basically like a deal. And they just fall in love through that. But here, they're opposed to each other. So it's yeah. going to be one of those romantic comedies. Already I'm upset, because this is a romantic comedy trope that I don't care for. You know, like, why Why would I go to see a romantic comedy between two people that I really like and I want them to be together and they spend most of the movie apart? Right. You know, which, not to say I don't like movies like that, but I think it's completely overdone. Uh, but what I really don't like about this movie is, even more so than My Best Friend's Wedding, is how utterly unlikable I find Julia Roberts to be in this movie. You go to the altar six times with six different guys. I can't. And she just runs away. I'm like, I don't, you know, we try to keep this PG, but what a you-know-what. Like, I'm serious. Like, you are you really that indecisive? You're, you're so indecisive that I, I can't even say I'm going to go get married once. And you're saying it six times, and you don't realize that it's a bad idea until the vows are being read. I, I, I hated that. I, and, and it's nothing against Julia Roberts. I think it's a, a, a contrivance from plot. That I that I just can't get on board with, and I'm supposed to root for this person, and then I believe it's been a while since I've seen it. But doesn't she go to the altar with even Richard Gere, and then, and she, then she leaves, and this is the break? Because here's the problem with yeah. these movies: when you keep them apart for so long, they're gonna get together, 
twice. Right. The first time they get together, there's going to be something at the second act break that splits them apart. Yep. Just to come back. Just right. to come right back within it's about ten minutes. Barely late too, with like oh. maybe forty-five minutes left in the movie because they'll spend maybe fifteen minutes apart, and then we'll spend that thirty minutes bringing them back together. It's agonizing. It like I remember the proposal, like that off the top yep. of my head. That was one that felt like an eternity to get them back after they'd gotten together. Yeah. And it's and that that's always the problem with these types of romantic comedies for me. And of course they do end up getting back together. Julie Roberts goes to the altar with him twice. Uh, I guess, and because uh, she wants to ride her own horse. That's right. I, I have this image of her on a horse, and I'm like, "What is?" It's not conspiracy theory. You know? The movie is structured. The, the structure of the movie is bizarre because the first, like your first ten to fifteen minutes, is him with the story. It blows up. He's got to go to Maryland or wherever this this city is, or this town. It's a small town, and. From that point on, it's him basically following her around because he bets that she's going to run from Christopher Maloney. And we're getting to meet him. And this is another case where this is a good guy. He really is a good guy. But the whole, it's this whole just not the right guy for her type of thing is what it ends up being. And so it spends this weird like 30 minutes of Pratt Falls of him following them around. And he's cynical like, oh, look at it. You know, he's interviewing other past groomsmen all the while. He's basically creating his second story. And then they're starting to move towards each other. And then they have the moment where at the rehearsal that he, uh, you know, they kiss. And then that now, now we have to spend 20 minutes of them in a montage of being in love and wanting to get married. Now mm-hmm. we're going to split them apart. Now he's lonely. We have lonely Richard Gere walking the streets of New York. I just don't see it's so structured as a filmmaker how anyone could ever be enthused about writing a, about directing a oh, movie that Gary has Marshall made a movie that is essentially oh, just oh he's been phoning it yeah, for I mean, a while. We I mean God love him, God rest his soul, great director. I mean, this was a movie that was basically just it's got Julia and Richard in it's it. It's gonna be huge, it, and it was. I remember it was ninety nine. She kills it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's ninety nine. It's the same year as Notting Hill. Yeah, I mean and that is straight up murder. So, yeah, I can't believe we spent this much time on Runaway Bride, but I, I <laughs> maybe, but, maybe man, I should listen to this. <laughs> so, but no, I, I, it's fun to talk about chick flicks. <laughs> you but, know? but Runaway Bride is one like I, I enjoy it just from like strictly just base comedic. Like nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay if you like it. No, I mean like I don't care if you like it. Th- there are movies that we both like, but we both recognize like, not a great movie, but don't mind watching. See, that's it, me with America's Sweethearts. Yeah, like so I I I completely understand that being in your pack. So now we're up. We've, that's three. We've got one more, right? This is the worst one. I like I said. I apologize. Um, Wait, I, I think I think I know. It. All right, let me. Th- all right, let me well, it's already been mentioned. Uh, so, okay, never mind. So for the ne- okay, okay, so for the next season of when did that come out? We're going to be covering the year of 1994, and this might be a movie we'll cover if we don't cover it enough today. Oh, no, this might break my heart. I don't know. We'll see. Do you love Trouble? No. Oh, okay, good. It's not that. I, I couldn't remember when the Pelican Reef came out. Oh, that's like, oh, that that was a contender. Yeah, that was a contender for, for, for Miss Pack. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'll admit it's okay. I, I, that's it. I don't know. I don't think I understand the movie. No, that's why I don't like. I it. don't understand it. That's See, how... it, it doesn't have that Mission Impossible one quality where I get it as I watch it and like, I immediately forget the, it. Here's an example. Why I like The Martian is that they use him doing that di- that journal or diary thing to explain to you the audience mm-hmm. the the science in such a way that you understand it. And you're like, 
Gotcha. Oh, I understand what you got to do. That's good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Pelican Brief doesn't do that. No. No, and it's not fun to watch. I I, I own the movie twice on Blu-ray because I bought it in two separate packs. Did you buy it in a pack? I bought it in... There's two different packs. Okay, so let, let's, since we're talking about packs, uh, Pelican Brief. Okay, Pelican Brief was in a three-pack with Denzel Washington movies. Okay. That was how I first got it. Training Day. Love it. John Q. I'm sorry. I love it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Pelican Brief. That's your three-pack. Wow. And if I can remember correctly, hold on, I gotta, I'm so, sorry, I, I have to see what the other one is because I have no intention of, of uh, watching it <laughs> out of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the third time, oh, sorry, the second time I bought it was in a separate three-pack and it was John Grisham movies. Yeah, time that, to, that makes sense. Time to Kill, love it. Yeah. Client, absolutely love it. And then the Pelican Brief. So, you know, uh, it feels like I'm, the Pelican Brief is in my mispack. It's not. It's okay. It's not bad. Uh, no, I Love Trouble is the is the worst movie I've seen with Julia Roberts in it. It's 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 just not good. Um, if if you look at the behind the scenes stuff and what the stories were from that movie, it reads on screen. She hated Nick Nolte, like really hated him, and. And they were very antagonistic with each other. Nick Nolte, you know, he's he's a punchline now, but he was a pretty big movie star uh, for for all, you know for, from like the '70s and the '80s. But he had a little resurgence in the '90s, yeah. and this was a part of it. And uh, the, the movie, uh, it's it's a romantic comedy, like mystery kind of thing. It's it's got suspense elements to it. Um, it's not good. Julia Roberts. Doesn't really seem enthused to be there. Nick Nolte basically gives the same Nick Nolte performance that we're kind of used to. Uh, that's that's my miss pack. And maybe we'll cover that movie. Nice. No, when did that come out? That's a possibility because I haven't seen it in 20 years. But that's it. I, Julia Roberts miss pack for me. I love Trouble, Stepmom, Runaway Bride, and America's Sweethearts. That is an enticing pack. It's not like, bad. Like, it... it because I'd be curious to look at Runaway Bride again after, you know, what you're telling me, but that's not bad. Oh, I don't know. I, I still think you're not going to like it. <laughs> no, you're not going to like it. It's okay. It's just a ridiculous idea. Yeah, I mean, like, because, you know, one thing that hasn't aged well for it is the soundtrack. The soundtrack, like, the exception of a couple songs is pretty... It was like a bunch of goo-goo dolls and... No, no, hey, <laughs> I wouldn't mind a little goo-goo. I like goo-goo. But... Mark, I do. Mark Antony? Not good. Or wait, is Mark Antony? Mark Antony Shakespeare, Mark right? Mark Antony. Mark Antony is Shakespeare. Mark Antony is the singer at the mole. Right? No, that's Enrique Iglesias. Well, then who's Mark Anthony? Isn't Je he? Jennifer Lopez's ex-husband. Uh, so he was a singer. Oh, it is Mark Anthony. Mark Antony is Shakespeare? Yeah. Oh, I always thought Mark Anthony was both. Who's Enrique's father? Is it Julio? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Right. Anyway, I it, love the Goo Goo Dolls. So, but, you know, they were in all those soundtracks. Yeah, it's... it's all right, so... Um, my Miss Pack includes the double... I mean... This could be a double pack for 95 of just terror. It's Mary Riley and Michael Collins. Ooh. I thought you were going to say something to talk about. That is... It's okay. It's a hard movie to watch because mm -hmm. that much anger like throughout the entire movie it's is really fun. hard to stay with. I remember, actually, yeah, my I wanted to watch it when it first came out. Yeah. When I was about eight or nine. Yeah. And my aunt told me no. And when I asked her why, she said, it's not easy to watch. Because the trailer is a 
pretty big misrepresentation of it. Mm-hmm. Let's give him something to talk about. Yeah, yeah that seems all nice. <laughs> but the movie, because once you get into Robert Duvall's got some problems in there. I mean, it's a it's a hard movie to rewatch. So, um, but yeah, Mary Riley and Michael Collins. This is this is when I talk about Julia Roberts trying to act, mm-hmm. not like Julia Roberts. She just changed her hair and changed the accent. When you tr- her trying, you have to explain it to me because I haven't seen these. Mary movies. Riley is a is a Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde right. story. She's like the the na- not the nanny, but she's like the in house help. And yeah, she witnesses the, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that troubling because it's just it. You don't buy it first off because it's it's hard to it's hard to reconcile even Julia Roberts in '95 being the a, a, a nanny or a, a maid for Doctor Jekyll. They tried to make her homely. It just doesn't work. She's a pretty woman. <laughs> no who, pun intended. Who's, who's Jekyll? Who plays that part? I forget. I have to look it up. Michael, well, I can look it up here. You. Michael Collins though, like Michael, she's not the she's not a huge part of Michael Collins, but it's distinct though. Of, like. Because that's the one about the, um, uh, gosh, the, um... Uh, it's Oscar bait. Yeah, it's it's Liam Neeson. This is when they were together. Right. I think. Um, oh, it's Malkovich. Yeah, Malkovich. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's the one about the Irish Revolutionary. Right. It's Mike, the Michael Collins story. And you, you see her in it, and it's just like, oh. Yeah, I just kind of couple them both together. We don't have to get in deep specifics on both, but because I'll be honest, like I'm probably never gonna watch those again. That's I, probably why she did my best friend's wedding. Yeah, it was a great come bounce back. Yeah, because I think in the '90s at this point, because I think in the 2000s she again tried to step outside the Julia Roberts persona. Early on, people didn't want to see that, and she wasn't very good at doing it. It's just not her strong suit. Again, I don't want to see Hulk Hogan trying to do a, a sharpshooter. To somebody, if you like wrestling. How does the leg go, brother? How does it go? How does it go? <laughs> Are you tapping? Is that good? Ask him, I yeah. guess. <laughs> so, um, I couple those two together. Those go in the pack. Here's one that will be... I'll tell you why I debated I'm putting in there. Um, I debated Valentine's Day going in there because... I still haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, but I know what it is. It's Love Actually on Valentine's Day. And I believe she's on a plane most of the time with Bradley Cooper. That's it. Mm-hmm. The part where you're like, don't know if I buy this. What is it? She's in the military. I'm pretty sure if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm, I, I, but that's why I'm not putting in the pack. Part of the reason I'm not putting the pack is I'm like, it's such a bit. Because it's an ensemble? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's hard because like... I would, I would rather put Steel Magnolias in a hit pack because it's an ensemble, but she is integral to that that movie working. Valentine's Day is not like it's a anybody could be in that part really. It's tough. Anyway, um, I'm gonna put Closer in there for a miss. Yes, because she oh. is a miss. Oh, in that movie. <sighs> Closer. All right. Because now it's my I, turn. <laughs> because because I love Closer I, as Closer a movie. Closer is a good movie. She is bad in the movie. I think when you look at what Clive Owen and what Natalie Portman are bringing, her and Jude Law are woefully behind. Like, and I think Jude does a little bit more than... I don't see her getting to do very much in that movie. Or I should say she doesn't do very much herself in it. Like, Jude Law at least gets to kind of explore the spectrum of confident to completely broken down. I think Clive Owen does it much better in the movie, hence why he probably got nominated for an Oscar was because of that. Same thing with Natalie Portman. 
She just seems woefully behind in there. I'm glad she bounced back with Mike Nichols as a performer in mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Wilson's War. Do you think it's the script? Or do you think it's her? I think it's her because Closer is, from what I've heard, Starks. a phenomenal play. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't judge it, but I like the movie. That's why I, I think it's an intriguing one to put in a mispack because she, even though she's featured prominently in it, like, she's not, she does not help that movie succeed. Okay. I think the other actors in that movie helped that movie. Um, so that's three. My fourth one, this was another one I, I kind of, I debated this one going in, but in the end, I think it's again, it's miscasting. I don't think she does well as Larry Crown. I think Hanks is, Tom Hanks. I, I can buy him, like I think he does a, a fantastic acting job as somebody I can completely buy, didn't go to college, had a, a high school education, who gets laid off from a company and has to figure out what he's going to do with his life. I buy it. Because Tom Hanks does have that perfect everyman quality. Her being a, a, a community college English or whatever teacher, she just kind of seems like bored. Like she looks like America's Sweetheart's Julia Roberts, just like, eh, all right, I guess I'll go do this <laughs> while my, my sister's an actress. Is it just, uh, I, I haven't seen Larry Crown. Is it just not believable? That Julia Roberts would be a community college teacher? That's a... So, I would... A little bit of that's going to rest on casting. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Hank's directed the movie. I mean, I'm sure, right. like, the idea was we can... They had good, great chemistry in Charlie Wilson's War. It's weird they haven't done more together. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they should be the best pairing ever. Right. But, um... I would say... And so, if I were to sub out Larry Crown, because I, I think... It could go either way. I might put the Mexican in there. The Mexican's pretty bad. Oh, that I have seen. It's yeah. I don't think it's <laughs> awful. But I think it's not that very was good. I think that was her follow up to Aaron Brockovich. It's right in there. I, think I know. It's, it's, I think that was yeah. the very next movie. Yeah. And that movie. It's it's weird how time affects these things. That movie was a pretty big hit when it came out. No one remembers that movie. No one. I I I haven't seen it, but wasn't she in that Mother's Day? That one with. Like, isn't she sisters with Meg Ryan? Like, a oh. poster. Her, he wants about bad hair. No, 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 you're right. I hate that poster. It's just the floating heads uh, in, a, in a box. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Here it is. It's, I just, I just want to look at it real quick while we're doing Mother's Day, yes. Yeah, that's it. Oh, my God. And look at Sudeikis. Like, ah, man, look at this. I looked out. <laughs> I got it. It's got an 18 out of score. Wow. But, yeah, Kate Hudson's the other one in there, right? Yeah, it's not Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan's in the, was it the? Well, there's also New Year's Day. Oh yeah. He just kept making love actually. He just Jennifer Aniston was one. Look at that. What the yeah. hell is that? Yeah. That just doesn't That's work. That's a mushroom. I I think Julie like... Roberts is such a fascinating person to hit pack miss pack with because when she hits like it usually is a I, her hits are memorable movies, like very memorable movies. In a lot of ways she complements Harrison Ford perfectly on the other side of things. She she's a great movie star. She has a, quite a few quintessential romantic comedies. She she owned that genre. Yeah, oh yeah, but man, like when she would try and step out of the box, it. I think it's only when her star fell that she started being more comfortable in those kind of acting roles. Yeah. And plus, audiences were weren't expecting 
you know, the great Julia Roberts movie to come from her anymore. Right. So she was able to crank out a good performance. The movie I'm surprised that you didn't put in, because I know we, we disagree on this movie somewhat, is uh, August Osage County. Oh! Okay, the, the reason I took it out is because Meryl Streep's in there, so that's going to make people buy the pack. Oh. Meryl Streep is so tricky. Oh, I know. Oh, see, God, you're right, though. I, because when I thought about doing a Meryl Streep pack, I considered, I was like, would you put August in a Meryl Streep miss? And I was like... But she's not really the problem in there. I think... Oh, this is interesting. I don't like the movie very much. I know you don't like... I like the movie. I like Julia Roberts in it a lot. But this is where it gets interesting. Um, a movie that... The same movie that you would put in a hit pack for someone could also be the same movie that you put in a miss pack for someone because of the differing performances. Yeah. You know? So Okay, so you're saying August could be a hit pack for... For I love Julia Roberts in it. I think okay. she's amazing. In it. I think it'd be great for her, but I think Meryl Streep overdoes it, very much in in her like all of Julia Roberts scenes. I think are wonderful. I think she actually outacts her. Uh, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Uh, she, it kind of becomes stepmom, doesn't it? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and Meryl Streep does this thing sometimes in in these movies where she she's kind of it's not her whole career, but she has this 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 uh, little phase of movies where it seems like she's almost like a female Johnny Depp where she's just being weird for the sake of being weird you. like Into you. the Woods yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. it's like like this feels like this feels like what Johnny Depp was doing over the last 10 or 15 years and it's so over the top in what August what if they did the face off what if Johnny Depp and Meryl Streep switched at some point <laughs> I will become her <laughs> it's a comedy <laughs> Remake Face Off with a boy and a girl. I think that'd be amazing. So officially, what's what's your miss pack on? My miss pack is the the the, the two headed monster of 1995's Mary Riley and Michael Collins. Um, uh, crap, I just I'm blanking on closer. Yeah, closer, closer and Larry Crown. Okay, that's what you're sticking with. Yeah, <clears throat> like it's like early misses. I like my miss pack misses. more. As in terms of, I would buy it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, because your your movie. Oh man, your movie. I think people would be intrigued just by. They would end up buying it, unfortunately, because they'd be like Mary Riley. Yeah. What is this? I've never seen it. No, no more than. <laughs> I feel like I'm the Klingon commander in Star Trek Three. <laughs> yeah. It's like he knows it's self-destructing, but nobody else does. Like, get out of there! Right. Get out! <laughs> so, all right. So that wraps up Hit Pack Miss Pack for this round. So the next episode will be a when did that come out? And it's going to be September, so that means it's Crocodile. Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. The 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 highest grossing movie of '86, and probably my. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably my favorite episode that we did of When Did That Come Out. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember it. I'll have to go back and listen when I put it up. I remember the conversation is really good because the thing that I've, both of us found interesting for that movie is the amazing box office, mm -hmm. the incredible critical reception that it got. It, got, it was nominated for Best uh, Screenplay. Yeah. And how and how okay it is. Yeah. It's... yeah. N not to bury the lead. Many better fish out of water comments. Oh, absolutely. So, you can check us out on Twitter. We're at Real Change Pod. I'm at William Rankin eighty three, and I am at CM underscore Stabs. We'll see you guys for the next. When did that come out? <laughs>